Cousin Allie. <gasps> Cousin Mark, hello. Welcome to your podcast, Space Trash. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining me from your email. From my email. I Yep. <laughs> Viewers, listeners alike, we are... <laughs> <laughs> We're stepping it up um, instead of sending the anchor link from my text message to my email. We are now sending it directly to my email. So big things are happening around here. That's what we've been up to on our hiatus. <laughs> you probably wondered why we haven't been around for three weeks. That's why. <laughs> well, see you in another two months. <laughs> We'll do it this way again in three weeks. Have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just start by saying it is such a joy to join you once again. I have missed you. I missed you too. We... I missed our discussions. I missed everything about this. Yeah, we had to miss the the shore episode, I guess we would call it. <sighs> Because I had an illness, not not COVID, no. but illness that prevented me from joining y'all. My God, I didn't, yeah, I just, there's something about these times that everything is just uncertain. Like you plan a thing, you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I started supporting a new I have a new boss and my head is just spinning I had a really nice vacation and now I'm back in the office and my head is I don't know I don't know what's gonna go down on this episode I can't even tell you yeah this is we a lot has happened since we've been my my God, we we had to even have we even have to have a philosophical discussion about what to discuss on the air. Yeah, I mean, should we should we start there? Ooh, I I I don't even know where to begin. I mean, I guess I I, yeah. I have a list. I have our list. I have a list of eight things. Okay. Um, not that we're gonna get to them all, but I took, you know. Cousin Mark had some really fresh topics two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I mean, they're still... Aged like a fine wine. <laughs> a fine non-alcoholic wine. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even think about that. I have book updates. There's just so much. There's so much. Speaking of non-alcoholic, I'm drinking a non-alcoholic beer. Oh, how is it? Do, do it, you want to give a shout out? Is it good? What kind is it? It is good. Is It, it is Athletic Brewing Company, uh, the Run Wild IPA. Oh, I like that. You if can I still, drink. Hmm? See, you can still be an obnoxious person drinking an IPA, <laughs> even without the alcohol. You <laughs> You too can be <laughs> sober for the evening and still a pain in everyone's ass. <laughs> it's going to be great. We love it. There are so many memes that I see in like my sober communities about um, 
people getting sober and like never shutting up about it. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know, like, I think it's hilarious. There's so many things I, I, I must credit, I don't know, comedy. Like sometimes it's just really hilarious to laugh even at groups that you are a part of yourself. Yeah. And even in, even in uncertain times that we are in, yeah and is it segueing into a topic we had um yes is as are are we entertainers is that what we consider ourselves (laughs) like we say creatives which is accurate but i guess this podcast is in a way meant to entertain or at least pass time or Yes, that's such an interesting question because I never actually like that concept of entertaining is not something that I was thinking about. Like I think about comedy, I think about philosophy or advice, like giving advice or discussing certain topics, but entertainment, like what even is that? Is it just passing time or is it passing time enjoyably maybe that's it and then what is enjoyable sometimes like you said something so interesting and I made a note about it okay because we were talking about oh what should we discuss in our next pod there's so much that's been going on and then as we were listing things we realized there's a lot of kind of really bleak bleak stuff that's going on in the world and then you're inevitably part of it and have feelings about it so you want to chat about it mm. and then we were having this sort of back and forth like how like I think you said how lighthearted should we be in these bleak times should we address everything or should we be an escape Ooh, yeah because yeah we are I guess in my mind, as like, as a comedian adjacent, I I like that. (laughs) Like, I love entertaining. I love, I love making the mood light again. Mm. Put put smiles on people's faces. Mm. But I also don't want to like, ignore it or be like, oh, it's okay. It'll all turn out fine. (laughs) When we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, there's like this this line of, you know, you're keeping people from wanting to like off themselves because they're so stressed out. But then it's like, is it tone deaf? Is it, you know, like there's comedy and then there's like, you don't have. Actually, now you're making me think because there is an element of good comedy I think that has empathy sort of wrapped inside of it as opposed to maybe not I don't know now I'm thinking of George Carlin and he was just basically like nihilistic by the end yeah and it's hard to it's hard to balance that yeah the the like what are you gonna do mentality versus the we should do something (laughs) yeah you know it's interesting too 
like these sort of late night um and I know you aren't into these guys it's probably my it's like an older generational thing that like I sort of came of age I guess in my 20s and 30s would have been like the first episodes of the daily show with Jon Stewart and that was on Comedy Central Mm -hmm. so that was like back when cable was like mainly the thing to watch yeah wow right so now the new daily show host is trevor noah it's a very different feel because john stewart was kind of the first guy to take the news and make it comedy but it really was satire like it was making political points and sort of dressing it up as comedy so then from him you got the Stephen Colbert's, the Seth Meyers, the Trevor Noah's, and they, I'm noticing now that I want to say five years ago, they would have, if something super tragic would have happened, they would have like taken their monologue time and been like, okay, let's, let's be serious for a second. And they would like have serious things to say. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't see them doing that anymore. Like, they're just riffing right through their comedy angle. And I wonder if it's because they realize, like, we have to make this choice. Like, either we're in it to be entertainers or, you know, we have this sort of serious take that we're going to get serious sometimes. And they don't do both. Yeah. And it's tricky because everything lately has been serious yeah yes which i think when it's it's not also it's because there's so it's from every which way like it's every angle Mm -hmm. and it almost brought about your uh in my list it's point number three but it's like is our society coming to a collapse like is all of this just too much because it's not one thing at a time it's just crisis after crisis after crisis nonstop, especially with the supreme court rulings yeah it's it is scary to think and i hate to say it but it's like is january 6th was that the beginning was that the first of what Mm. is to come yeah like, that's a terrifying thought. Yeah. But, like, is this... I don't know. Yeah. Are we, are we breaking up the United States? Are we civil warring again? Which is another weird thing to think about, because we say civil war, but it would never look like that. Yeah, because it's... it's no not- one has cannons. <laughs> It's, it's insane. Like mm-hmm. what? What's gonna happen? We yeah. are. Are we the calm before the storm? Is yeah. this the storm? <laughs> yeah, and we've certainly not recovered from the 2020 elections, the whole four years of Trump, the the pandemic. Um. 
the January 6th insurrection attempt. Like, there's just so much that we never got to process properly. And now we're in, you know, another election year. So we've got even crazier election ads all over the place. Yeah. Um, that clearly the conspiracy theorists are gaining traction and have people you know in the congress and in positions of power to spread it which spreads so much quicker because of social media and that never stops and you and i both spend a lot of time on twitter and that's just like a <laughs> that's just yeah and it's... how is like now that i'm thinking about it your twitter feed probably tells the story in a sense of what's sort of breaking apart in your brain which is some of it's comedy and some of it is politics and some of it is comedy about politics Mm -hmm. and then you throw in there right like all of these activism type situations like like where you have all of this crisscross of things happening in general then for instance you have pride month that kind of blankets over it all for for a period of time right and that kind of colors the you know what's who gets to say what about it what's the right thing to do during it what are it's it's just like what lens are you looking at all of this through yeah it's the pride month and then the backlash to pride month which is i i guess as a queer person i don't know i read something recently that i'm going to paraphrase and i tried to find it i could not find it if anyone wants if this reminds any listeners who want to message me and tell me where it's from, please do. It was something about how, like, when the Christians, conservatives see Pride Month, they're jealous of it, in a way, because, like, I mean, we were both raised Catholic. Yeah. It was like, okay, God is, loves you unconditionally, all that stuff. Like, you are loved and accepted and included. But if you don't follow these rules, you're going now. Yeah, right. So when they see, like, Pride Parade, you are loved and accepted and included. Whoa. And there is no rules or regulations So they are kind of seeing, they are seeing it, the unconditional love, and they aren't, and it just makes them mad. Oh my God, I didn't think of it in that way. And when you said one of the things we should chat about is why Christians are jealous of Pride Month, I was like, what does that mean? Where does that come from? Yeah, it's it was wild when I read it and yeah. it it got me thinking like 
like, oh, they, like, they probably don't even know what they're looking at. Well. Because they're, one thing that I thought of was, like, they're, one of the things you're taught is to, like, love those who persecute you. Oof. And then, so when they persecute us, they expect love in return. Ew. And is that one of the rules? I think that was something. But it was yeah. just... It is just a backwards mentality that I'm sure gets ingrained into people's brains as children. And yeah. then they become unstable adults. That's what's really frightening is what is ingrained in us as kiddos that we don't even, we can't, we, the nature of the problem is we can't know that it's problematic. And then I think of, um, you know, there are Christians who want to love their religion but they know they identify as gay or queer. Mm -hmm. And they're conflicted. And they see the pride. I, I don't know. But I'm thinking you see this, this showering of love. And you want to be part of that. But you're afraid. Mm -hmm. That your immediate family or friends won't treat you that way. Because of the religion that you were brought up in. Yeah. And again, not to say it's hashtag not all Christianity. Yeah. Because like I have a friend who is a non-binary person and they are a minister in their uh, Christian church. Really? And, yeah. Can I please attend that church? <laughs> They live in Colorado, so it might be a bit of a trip for you. I am willing to travel to Colorado to meet <laughs> them because I have always wanted to go to Colorado. <laughs> I, I, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. Um, no, seriously, I have really always wanted to go. So if that ever works out, um, I wish there were, you know, I went through this phase of wanting to find a church um, it didn't matter to me of Christ. I don't, I don't even know the denominations Christian, mm -hmm. um, Episcopalian. I, I don't know what, what the labels yeah. are or what, what labels believe what, but I just thought, geez, I would love to attend just to try to see what it could be like if you weren't so judgy, like if it wasn't such a a clicky like I don't have very good memories of of church. I don't miss it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I get cringe, cringy just thinking about ever attending again because I am now so aware of the bigotry. Yeah, and you know the clear. There's just so so much clarity in my mind now around how much damage was done to me, was done to all you know a lot of us. Yeah, and I'm not willing to get past that. Plus, 
I just, uh, well, we, <laughs> we can have a whole nother discussion about whether or not there's a God, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Next, but that next wasn't... episode, Catholic trauma. <laughs> Um, I, well, there's an interesting sort of segue, not segue there, but, but, um, like just speaking about links to this sort of God complex and the fear and the guilt and the shame. And there's a lot of reasons that I cannot be part of AA Mm. because of its links to, you know, the Christian Bible and, you know, needing God to, to be a certain way. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, yeah. Cause it's like, if you need, hmm, like if you need God to be a good person, like if you're not, <laughs> if you can't say, hey, even if there is no God, I still don't want to uh, damage myself with alcohol or do or do bad things like, I don't know, murder <laughs> or murder, <laughs> arson, starring in Funny Girl. I don't know. <laughs> Some things are sacrilege. <laughs> <laughs> right so if you if you don't have like for instance a moral code just mm-hmm. based on decency and integrity and com- being a compassionate human making you know your your life and the lives around you better in in some kind of way being kind like there are certain things that you can build your life around and you don't have to attribute them to a god at all yeah god can be like support like hey i'm a good person and also god's there and that's cool i I don't know but (laughs) as like as an agnostic i'm I'm now yes i'm sorry go ahead it's very it's very weird to me. I guess since I've, as an agnostic, I don't know whether or not there's a higher power being, beings. Right. Or anything. And I, and honestly, I don't care. Maybe, maybe I'll find that out later, but. Yes. We have a not, we have other more pressing problems right now. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a little bit of, we just don't have time in our brains to think about this and decide about this. And we haven't been brought up in a way that we were ever allowed to have an open mind about it. Yeah. And you basically agnostic, which I always have to look up because I think I mix it up with atheism sometimes. Right. So agnostic means a person who claims neither faith nor disbelief in God, neither. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And atheism says there is no God. Like yeah. they decided. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So I guess I would lean towards agnosticism. Welcome to the club. Hey, nice to see you. <laughs> Hi, my name is Allison. <laughs> Hi, <I'm>... Allison. <laughs> Agnostics Anonymous. <laughs> I neither believe nor disbelieve myself to be an agnostic. <laughs> I um, I mean, I think, yeah, pe- people just, and maybe... You know, some of this all plays into this idea of like, are is our is society as we know it collapsing? And I think the answer is yes. I think it is. I think it's buckling under the weight of all of this anger and being pitted against one another, mm, like yeah. all these separation of, you know, which religion is correct, which lifestyles are correct you know like um democrats versus republicans like all the binaries that i think are being pulled apart by brave you know souls like your friend in colorado that you mentioned who are coming forward and saying look at the binary is it's a made-up thing Mm mm-hmm and I'm not going to pretend to be something I'm not anymore to make y'all. And so this system that is so built around, like you were saying earlier, what are the rules? What, what makes you good or bad? You know, God will send you to hell for certain things that some white men decided are the things he will send you to hell for. Like, Yes. There's so much built into this country from the very beginning that is it's bullshit. I mean, it's not real. It's made up. And now they can't, you know, so when enough people start coming forward and saying no and you're wrong and it isn't big enough, wide enough, accepting enough inclusive enough there's the these people you know like the freaks of the world like the mike pences and they just can't deal with it yeah so they use all and the people who put up these structures it's no surprise they put them up in a way where they have all the power right this is the problem with the supreme court now they're all over the supreme court and they're going crazy yeah they're just taking stuff away left and right did you i have i have a question for you sure uh when roe was overturned Mm -hmm. let me think about this now what day was it i want to say it was a friday right before i went to ocean city for vacation yeah i think it was (laughs) I think that's when it was. Yes, it was. Did we talk since then? We, I don't think we have. We did not record a a podcast. We did not. Damn. So, I guess I'm curious. Like, will you remember where you, was it, was it a, did it make a big impression on you? Did you feel a kind of way when that happened? Or was it just like, here we go, another thing? 
I was angry. I was very angry. Um, okay. I was at my home ill. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. I was sick and now and now I'm sick of the Supreme Court. Uh Yeah. But Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember I do not frequently use my Instagram story. But I started to that day. That's right. You don't. And then when you did, I was like, uh-oh. It's Dude's got something to say, and he's going to say it. Yeah. And I, I guess that was, like, as a man, take it a step further, as a gay man who has, who will likely never be in a situation where there is an unexpected pregnancy Mm. or anything like that. I was still like furious because it's not, it's not right. If you were to hand me an infant right now and be like, this is yours now, you have to take care of it for 18 years. Yeah. It would completely offset my life. Yeah. In every way. And yeah. I I would not want that baby. <laughs> yeah. And it's Yeah. And like coming down to it. I guess there's like the whole okay, what if it's rape or incest or Ugh. save the life of the mother? And like of course, those are all very good reasons. But then kind of at the end of the day, it's, well, what if it's just not wanted? Right. And I feel like that, that should be reason enough. Yeah. Yeah. In my mind, at least. Which I think, yeah. I mean, first of all, that's everything you just said is so well said. Like, that's it. It's, it's this dehumanizing of the person who now has this and I don't I say fetus because mm-hmm. you know it just gets you know it's I wrote a blog post actually about it and I just titled it row and I said everything I felt like I need to say mm-hmm. And I never even got into the fact that I know exactly how it feels Yeah. to find out that you're, that you're carrying um, a fetus that, you know, is a, is a life inside of you and you didn't plan it. And, you know, the fear of that. And the, the, the thing that I feel like this, this taking away of a woman's right, a, a pregnant person's right, I don't want to say the wrong thing here. I, mm-hmm. It's about, it's about, you know, fear, like it's about fear. It's not about taking care of this unborn life. It's about making sure this person is af- afraid and kept small and 
is not able to make their own decisions about their own body and their own, you know, economic situation. And it's, it's just, you know, so many of these laws about, you know, we can hunt you down and, you know, your neighbors can find out and delete your period apps because they'll know. And, you know, the pharmacy won't sell you certain drugs because they don't believe that your miscarriage was a miscarriage. It might've been an abortion and abortion makes you bad. And it's just fear upon fear upon fear. And you become afraid of yourself and afraid of your sexuality and afraid of what the, you know, heaven forbid something happens that you made a mistake and you don't trust yourself. And, you know, I, I think like you were saying, you're a, a gay man and you don't believe you would ever be in a situation where this would happen to you. But I mean, any, yeah. possible, but unlikely. Right. I mean, we don't rule anything out. Of course. <laughs> but um, at the end of the day, anyone who has a body should be afraid of what just happened because this is saying we will decide somebody out there, some buddy who doesn't know you, who doesn't have any interest in taking care of you in any way, shape or form, let alone an unborn life inside of you mm -hmm. is going to decide what you can and cannot do with your body, even when that decision may end your life. Oof. Women are going to die because of this decision that had nothing to do with them and they weren't represented. Yeah. And they weren't at the table. And I mean, the amount of, I think I remember in my post, I, I, I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm not afraid. I'm fucking livid. I'm just so angry. Mm. You know, just like what you said. Like, I think we're almost past this fear mongering. Like, enough's enough. Yeah. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we need the anger. Maybe it's, I mean, sadly, this row business has galvanized a lot of white women when you know black women and women of color have been the worst of the neglected for you know years and years and forever yeah so it is like some part of me feels like i remember on fourth of july it was like for what for what am i celebrating this this freedom, this independence. Yeah. And I saw on Twitter um, a, a black author, and I forget who it was, but she said, you know, it's pretty telling that this is the first 4th of July that white women feel. Um, what was the word she used? Removed from the 4th of July celebration or disconnected from it or something to that effect. And that really gave me pause because I thought, whew, we got a lot of fighting to do and a lot of organizing. And yeah, 
And that's been the case for longer than we ever had to pay any attention to. Yeah. And it uh, going back to the stuff that's like ingrained in you and having to unlearn things. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's tricky. So tricky. And you're trying to unlearn it and pay attention to it and make sense of it along with every single other person on social media, or at least for me, like I, even when it comes to the Supreme court, you know, everybody's livid. Like, what are they doing between the gun laws that they're screwing with and then overturning abortion? And they're talking about coming after, you know, um, LGBTQ unions and, gay marriage and it's they're they're on a tear and they're not going to stop they're going to come after contraception all these things mm-hmm. and people start arguing you know on twitter and i get into it like i try to make sense of it and then you have to kind of step back and be like yeah so what you're going to get it you're going to be an expert on on any of this by reading twitter for like an hour a day no <laughs> you know Right. Like one example is the Democrats. There's like this, this sort of backlash, like, oh, the Democrats haven't done anything. And this was the plan for 50 years, the Republicans to do this with the Supreme Court just to overturn Roe. And now they did it. And the Democrats act like they didn't know it was coming and they have no plan. Mm. And I read this over and over and over. And I'm like, hey, yeah, what the hell? You know? Yeah. And then I read this this gentleman who's like a political, constitutional, legal scholar. He's like, enough. Like, enough. You guys are, you can't read Twitter and pick sides. Like, you, you don't know enough. And, and he went through this thread of like 40 things that he spelled out. Like, all the things that Democrats have been doing. Mm-hmm to fight against this for years and years and decades and doing things that we haven't seen covered in the media. And it's too intricate to understand all the interworking. So it's never quite as simple as it seems. Yeah. And it is tough because like, I know my generation, we're the generation of instant gratification. Mm -hmm. And it's very, well, we voted for Biden what why didn't it work yeah right and it's almost like i think jamil jamil had a post that was like we need democrats who are going to fight dirty like the republicans do (laughs) i agree with that and it's it half of me is like yeah, that's true. And then the other half is like, do we need I think she's like, we need them to stoop to their level. Oh geez. And it's like it's conflicting in me because it's like maybe because of the stuff I was ingrained with with the take the high road and Yes. Do what's right even when the other person's doing something wrong and life isn't fair. Yes, I think that's interesting because it's almost like this backlash to Michelle Obama's when they go low, we go high. 
I think we're tired of going high because every time we reach high, they punch us in the gut and we're constantly, you know what I mean? Like maybe, yeah, I just, I don't even know that it's fight dirty. It's just stop, stop giving them. Like, I think this whole reach across the aisle bit with Biden needs to stop. Like, we know who these other people are and we know what they're willing to do. And it's grotesque and it is not above board. So stop being naive about that. Yeah. But I don't know that that means, you know... um, And I don't know that the Democrats could fight dirty anyway, because what we stand for or what we should be standing for are all the good things (laughs) are all the, like, I mean, how are you going to fight dirty for LGBTQ rights? I don't know how that, you know, how can you be unified within yourself if you're fighting for something so good, but doing it in a dirty way? I don't know that you how what would that even look like do you know what i mean yeah i think there's there's a need to i mean a lot of what i think the republicans are doing is bending the rules to their favor yeah and we tend it seems to me i am not an expert and maybe i shouldn't even be saying this mm-hmm. On a public platform, but I've I just... said a lot of things I shouldn't have said. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I was reading this thing. I meant to send it to you yesterday. It was like a little, um, a little tweet on one of my philosophy. I follow this philosophy that it's kind of like also comedy, but I think it said something like, um, nothing pisses me off more than domestic chores. Like I'm cleaning this bowl, but I might die tomorrow or something like that. Like it was like this, it was funnier the way they said it, but it was like this idea of like, what am I even doing regular shit for anymore? Right. Why am I going to my nine to five (laughs) when when I may not be able to get married next month? Right. Not that I'm getting married next month, but Wait a minute. <laughs> Big reveal. Unless it's a green card to get me out of here. Good grief. It's just, I don't, I think, unfortunately, it is the beginning of some really, really bad, bad time, tough times. Yeah. And I don't know, because I just don't see a, a simple um, way out of it, you know, a way, a way to over, re-overturn Roe. Mm-hmm. You, like, you can't undo all this immense psychological damage that conspiracy theories have just permeated families right so you've got kids who are being raised to believe these 
lies and falsehoods. I see it all over my neighborhood. You know, yeah. people for for Trump 2024 and you see the little Hot Wheels out front. Oh, yeah. Oof. <laughs> so, so it's not like any of this is isolated or... Yeah, so I, I do think it's it's going to take a whole different. Um, I think I saw something somewhere that was like you can't fight extremism with moderation. Ooh, yeah. And I think that that has been something the Democratic side, at least, hasn't wanted to. I think my father's generation, maybe your mom, you know, there's this idea, and it's true. This is the kind of weird thing i mean it's true that most americans are moderate in their beliefs mm -hmm. but what keeps happening is that the extremists keep getting elected on the republican side and the moderate you know democrats pull moderates and then you get this sort of yeah it's not a fair fight you know you have aoc do living her best life trying to do what she can mm -hmm. but she's ridiculed you know yeah for thinking outside the box i maybe she's a good example of fighting dirty yeah and when you said her fighting dirty i'm like well that's not fighting dirty <laughs> which goes back to yeah it, we can't fight dirty because it's it's human rights <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe I want to say the word and maybe this will be my word for the good word. Ooh. As opposed to saying fight dirty, I think we need to fight slick. We need to be more slick. And I think AOC is that way in the sense that she doesn't, you know, the Republicans set up a fight in a certain way and she pulls it all apart and makes them you know, reveals them for what they really are. Yeah. And then she goes after them. You know, she sets the tone. She sets, like, I'm trying to, as, um, you know, when Roe was overturned and people poured out into the streets to protest, mm -hmm. right? Nothing against those protests. However, AOC was like, we need to think strategy. Like, is there any, you know, cracks in, in the foundation? Can we go back and prove that some of these judges got on to the Supreme Court when they lied under oath, saying they weren't going to overturn Roe? You know, can they be impeached? Like, looking up, what can we act, what's some actionable steps to start dismantling what's happening? Yeah where it's happening because it isn't happening in the streets it's happening in the halls of congress and you know the the supreme court bench like this is where the laws are being made pennsylvania yeah. one of my maybe it's a good segue but i want to start saying like pennsylvania better vote man we better vote in november vote for fetterman and vote for shapiro because if either one of those guys loses to the republicans pa is a bad bad place to be yeah right like it's... i didn't know how bad and now i really see how bad Oof. 
Uh, yeah. I... So voting matters. We're going to have to start saying that in our sign-off. <laughs> yeah. Vote no. in November. Fetterman Shapiro. <laughs> what else didn't we cover? Did you have more on those points? Oh, I don't. Nothing I can think of at the moment. Supreme Court and why they are heinous, awful people. That yep. was the topic. I think we, we I think uh, we about covered that. Uh -oh. We got that. We got the Christians. We got collapsing. We, oh, here's a really good one that maybe is an awesome uplifting end because i was i did write down what you were saying about are we going to talk about all this stuff or are we an escape from all this stuff but i think we kind of have to be talking about all of it yeah because comedy to... isn't an escape from it it's part of it too it's all mixed together yeah it it is what's happening we are we're still doing our nine to fives. Yeah. All this bullshit's happening. But we Lord might just, knows. if we can do our nine to fives, we can have fun. We definitely earned it. That's for damn sure. For real. But I want to talk about if you're going to get your ears pierced. Oh. Well, I want to know about this. I had been considering it. Yeah. Um for a few maybe a few years now. I don't know. A year now. Oh, okay. Or like thinking of it like on the back burner. Like, oh, would this look would this be cool? Would it look okay? Mm-hmm. And then kind of putting it away. Um, but out of curiosity, I got like magnetic um like earrings that you just clip on or whatever yeah they can be painful like, they are a bit painful yeah the one thing about pierced ears is it's not well i mean after it heals up and everything mm -hmm. much less painful to wear actual earrings yeah so i was like okay i'll try these on maybe i'll do it for like a few like a few weeks see mm -hmm. if I like it, and then decide. Mm -hmm. And then the second I put them on and looked in the mirror, I was like, oh, I love this. <laughs> they look amazing. They, yeah, they looked really good. Yes. So, I, think I, think, I think I'm going to. Yes. I, I think it's know. such a good call. It's so, it's so you. Like, that's how you know when you try it and you're like yes mm -hmm, that's it yeah sorry mom if you're listening um oh no is it not <laughs> we could we could do a quick segue into letting people be mad at you <laughs> not Ooh, mad your mom would be mad she would love it that's true don't tell dad he <laughs> <laughs> well he's gonna see you eventually <laughs> Of all the things, I mean, I, yeah, I'm all for it. I think it's gorgeous. Yeah, I think it'll look good. And again, it's one of those things where it's like, literally the world is collapsing. <laughs> Do we really need to feel 
like concern about getting our ears pierced. That's that's a good point. <laughs> Context. Context. Indeed. Yeah. Well, I'm all for it. And if you need someone to go with, I would love to accompany you. Okay. Thanks. I know I told you that already. So you just you think about that. We do an episode live. I was thinking that. Oh my god. Well, that's the the really good thing about and I'll give a shout out to Warrior Piercing in New Hope is they know exactly what they're doing and they do it well the first time. Ooh. I will give thumbs down to Piercing Pagoda. <laughs> Which is where I went the first two times, and they screwed it up both times. Oh, no. Horrible. But definitely find a good, safe place. They know what they're doing, because they do. They pierce all the body parts. All right. We'll start with the ears. The ears are, yeah, the least (laughs) of, of your worries. Yeah, no eyebrows or lips yet. Stay tuned, though. Yeah, that's an interesting one. The nose is interesting. The nose can be gross. If it gets infected, it's really gross. I don't plan on any more after the years. Yeah. yeah. You know, the world's collapsing. Who knows? Yeah, never know. You got to have a little fun. You know what I think it does? It's like when I got bangs. It was like... I just need to feel like I own myself, my damn yeah. self, because the world keeps telling you that you can't decide and you can't be who you are and you have to look a certain way, be a certain way, say a certain thing, believe a certain thing. Like it's exhausting. You just want to go out there and do something like, like do a physical thing that reminds you, like, I think that's what, tattooing does for me it reminds me that i own my skin i decide who i am i decide what matters to me you know it seems little or silly but it's important yeah i like that it's like claiming something back i'm designing a tattoo to get my next tattoo with my sobriety date and some imagery and it's just about it's about claiming it for yourself in your own way yeah i love that yeah i love it too i love this for us i love it i love it so my word was slick we gotta get a little slicker a little slicker yeah and um do you have a word a good word i do have a good word hooray Uh (laughs) i'm so glad i asked (laughs) My good word is the shore. Ooh. Because I missed our I missed our shore trip. Oh. Which was upset about. It was not the same without you. You please know that. It really wasn't. But I did get a chance on Sunday to go down the shore with two very good friends and we had a good time. We went to the beach at Atlantic City. Oh. Yep. Uh, I gambled a little bit. Hey, how was that? What did you play? It was good. Uh, Played the slots. Uh, At one point, I was up $6. And by the end, I was down $6. 
Oh, wow. What a roller coaster of, <laughs> of an afternoon. Right. <laughs> and thing, it, it was only like, I put in 20 bucks and I'm like, that's all I need, really. Well, good for you, because if you can do it and have fun and stop before it gets out of hand, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I go into gambling with the mindset, I'm okay losing anything I'm going to put in. There it is. I'm here for the sensory overload, the, the sounds of the spinning wheels and... <laughs> yeah, and all the flashing lights. Can you still smoke in there? You can. Really? Yeah. Uh, oh, we had to wow. move machines one or two times because we were next to some some smokers. Oh yeah, right. I remember. I remember all that. I wonder if people know that, and that's a way to ward other people off. <laughs> like they just pull out a cigar. When someone comes next to him, <laughs> don't have to smoke it. Oh my lord! I actually love the smell of cigars. It's so weird. Really? Yeah. But um, I haven't been to a casino in a really long time. Yeah. Well, now that you've given up drinking, you can take up gambling. <laughs> I need a vice. <laughs> I need a vice. You don't need a vice. No one. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to gamble I still think you're cool thanks cousin <laughs> thanks cousin I am I try I try to still have you know like an edge <laughs> I think it's funny that people think like in hindsight like drinking gives you an edge when it really doesn't at all yeah. So I'm good. I'm good with me. I will say one of my pet peeves is everywhere I go, <clears throat> I usually order a club soda with lime. Mm -hmm. And inevitably the the person that I'm ordering drinks from, like they clarify both ingredients. Mm -hmm. Just a club soda. Just a club soda with lime. No booze, no vodka. I was at a brewery over the weekend mm -hmm. and I was like club soda with lime. And he's like uh, all the way down the bar getting the club soda. And he, and he yells, and no booze. <laughs> and I'm like, no booze, club soda and lime. Apparently they are the two most complicated ingredients at any bar or restaurant. <laughs> and then the guy ringing us up He's like, okay, vodka tonic. And I'm like, no, fucking vodka. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, it's hilarious. Like, I was like, I feel like I'm on an episode of Seinfeld or something. Like, this can't. What is wrong with you? <laughs> anyway, so that's my, that's my pet peeve. If any bartenders are listening and someone orders... A club soda with lime. If you could just go ahead and get that, it would be much appreciated without yeah. the whole dramatic interaction. Yeah, when she, when she orders a club soda with lime, she means it. It's incredible. It's incredible. And 
it it's almost like a given that the one that we went to a restaurant and the waitress was like can I get y'all something to drink club soda with lime she goes all the way to the bar and walks all the way back and she's like you didn't want any booze in that tissue and I'm like <laughs> Oh my god. This is this is like some parts of being sober are difficult, but this is really mind-numbingly difficult. <laughs> or they'll give me the lime that's clearly been in the back of the fridge for like a hundred years. <laughs> it's very that's... much the John Mulaney situation. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> I have an old turnip. <laughs> I'm just going to order a club soda with Nuva Ring next time <laughs> before it's outlawed. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. If they if they overturn my right to contraception, how will I order my favorite drink? <laughs> We're asking the real questions here on the <laughs> track. This is the hard-hitting news. As we <sighs> might have heard it that's right you heard it here first (laughs) in any event this was life-giving in the middle of complete and utter chaos it was we We... still have us we we still got it (laughs) we still yes we should do this again in two weeks (laughs) okay it's a date i'm there love it in your email we'll do this again in your email Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> All right. With All right. that, I will With... leave it to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, remember to wash your hands. Uh, vote in November. Yes. And we love you. Bye.